man, this is a difficult introduction because this guy is so unique. Uh, my guest today is a former Olympic gymnast from Toronto, Canada, specializing in the trampoline event. When I tell you that this dude has one of the most wild highlight tapes you will ever see in your life, there is no exaggeration on that. This dude was on Team Canada for the trampoline. He's done stops with Nitro Circus. Uh, and currently, he's trying to get freestyle trampoline off the ground. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Greg Rowe to Changing the Field. Greg Rowe, nice to meet you, man. Hey, Jeff, First how you time. doing, man? Uh, I'm doing real well, man. I I did a lot of research on you and saw all about America's Got Talent. I saw all of your Instagram stuff and that you got a new podcast out. Tell tell everyone, all my listeners, about a little bit about what you do. Well, long story short, I was on Team Canada for trampoline and said, you know what, uh, I can do a little bit more of my life. I'm going to create a whole new market because if anyone has ever watched trampoline in the Olympics or on television, they know that it's a little bit stagnant. And uh, I said the same thing while I was on team and said, okay, you know, I think we could do something different. And at that time we basically were teaming up with Nitro Circus to do their tour in Australia. And we saw the behind the scenes with that. I got to talk to Travis and all these guys and say, okay, what can we do with this sport? That's a little bit more, let's say new age. These young kids don't want to be stuck in tight to doing the same thing over and over. So what if we made a whole new thing called freestyle trampoline and it wasn't Olympic trampoline. It was freestyle the way skateboarding and snowboarding started in the sixties. We're literally there now grinding through it, building a whole new community. Right. Absolutely. So where, when did you fall in love with gymnastics and your love for like trampoline? How early did you get going with it? Uh, I was like five and a half. I just got to Canada. I was adopted and everything. And um, so I was born in Moscow, but I was still speaking uh, Russian when I was like five, five and a half, six. And um, apparently the story goes for my parents is that I would just see one of these guys on rings doing their like ring stuff and i would just point in the squawking russian and then they said okay i guess we'll sign him up and then the next day i was in a gym and uh that was it so was was gymnastics was that the only sport that you were doing or were you involved in other things as well no i did a little bit of everything i was a very active kid go 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 i, I could never sit down for more than two seconds so i did hockey i did soccer i did uh uh, like sports to school stuff like that um but then gymnastics slowly just took up more and more in my life and everything else got dropped by the time i was getting to the national level what about gymnastics drew you to it you know that's a tough question because at first you would say well it's all the cool flips but i didn't even understand what was happening i just saw i don't even remember getting into it i remember being my parents enrolling me into it and I think there's a lot of kids out there that start just because of that and they don't really understand what they're getting into until they're already into it 
But then what kept me into it after that was the fact that I had a lot of good friends there. I trained with my friends. They were like my family. And I'd go see them four hours a day after school every day. And that was that was my family. And we would train together and go to like movies together and go out to like uh, Canada's Wonderland and different stuff. So we were a, a group of friends that trained together. So without that group of friends, I really wouldn't have done it. I would have moved on to something else. So it, I would have to be very honest and say it's nothing specific about gymnastics itself is that group of friends but also the fact that i could move around fly around do flips and stuff like people like that i liked it mm. but the problem is you have to start before you can do all that so this right. is where we get into the philosophical debate of like well what are you really there for and then that's that's a whole nother discussion so i would say the big thing that kept me into is that my friends did it and i was indoctrinated at an early age before i could look at other options but I do love to fly. I do love to flip. And just that feeling of being in the air without any controls, that's, that's what I love. So what, what led you to, to I, I guess you've, you've kind of made a concerted effort, it seems like, in your career to start really narrowing towards the trampoline aspect of it. What was the, the, the thing that pulled you, you know, away from like the beams or the rings and, and made you really want to assert yourself on a trampoline because you've done like such amazing things in your career with it. Uh, it was basically, I was about 17, 18 at the time. And I was getting to kind of, uh, you know, sort of this with my coaches and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I just want to do it. And it just got getting boring. Cause once you get to that level, it's not like you walk into the gym every day, learning a new skill, you go to the mm -hmm. gym and for three months, you're working on the same exact stuff. And eventually that just gets boring and you're like, uh, you know, and then it's okay. And then all of a sudden you're, you're late to training and then it's a slippery slope. And then you just kind of realize it's not for me, but I still liked the environment. I liked what I was doing. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just do trampoline, which is a, a separate element. It used to be part of gymnastics back in the day. Then some political stuff happened. So they kind of separated and now trampoline became its own separate thing and put into Olympics in 2000. So I said, well, you know what? Trampoline's been in the Olympics now for a little bit, and uh, maybe I have a shot. I already was a good gymnast, so I was already national-level gymnast, and said, okay, well, I can switch over real quick and just kind of learn the little different techniques here, but transfer everything. And I was on Team Canada within a couple of years. How was it? Who, who would be considered, like, the best in the world at trampoline as, as a country, in your opinion? Uh, China. Yeah, do they, China, do they Russia, send a lot of light? All of them, yeah. Okay, so they're like winning Olympic medals and stuff like that, because I'm still this is still a very brand new subject to me. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners have never met anyone like you as well. But so when when you took that that period of time off, did you take any did you take any real solid time away from the sport to kind of like figure out what you wanted to do? Or did you always kind of have a plan that was was leading you to what, what you're doing now with your career? Um, no, I, this was, I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be doing this, uh, I would be like, what, what is this? <laughs> you know? So no, it, it definitely came out of the blue. It was a very uh, happy accident, but also an accident I was looking to find, you know, and that's where there's always the two sides of the coin when you're looking for some kind of, you know, spark of entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it. You know, so I was having problems with Team Canada saying, look, guys, I want to do this. I want to get more brands. I want to go and do this. I want to do these TV shows. I want all this stuff. And they said, no, 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 you're not allowed. You're not allowed. You're representing our country. You're basically our property. You got to do what we want you to do. And I'm like, well, right. I don't really like that. So, and I'm, I'm that kind of guy. If, you had, if I don't like it, I'll tell you. Everyone else was a little bit more 
you know, they've been uh, beaten down a bit more, I guess, or something, or they just don't have that sort of fight in them for whatever reason. But they never spoke up. I was the guy that spoke up. So, like anything, the what's the, the saying? The one that sticks their thumb out gets a cut off or something like right. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was that guy. So <laughs> when I, so when I was that guy, I was like, screw you guys, you know, like Eric Cartman, you know, screw you, I'm going home, right? Yeah. <laughs> I basically did that to these guys for about a year, and then, um, but when I was doing that, I was like, you know, I just I can't I can't get to there. But I had the skill set, and I was still one of the best in the world even at that time, right? And I had the biggest skills. So YouTube was popping off by then. Facebook was getting bigger. This was the first decade of the new millennium, basically, and social media was just taking off in a in a real sense, where athletes were now starting to put their uh, skills and stuff onto YouTube and not just competing. So traditionally before you couldn't get on television, couldn't get media, couldn't get radio, couldn't get anything unless it was a traditional sport backed by a federation and all that. When YouTube came up, it became its own federation in a sense, which most people don't even realize because now what happens is I can either go to Team Canada and they'll pay me nothing, or I can go to YouTube and I can monetize it till the cows come home as long as I'm creative and no one's gonna say no to me. So this is why we're seeing a lot of sports, including ours, that have now really flourished online because that is now the new, that is the new reality. That is the new world for these kids. So I jumped on that bandwagon really early on, kind of knowing, okay, I, I need this. Um, and I end up meeting, luckily, a girl that, or older woman, but she was the mother of a daughter that I use, of her daughter I used to coach. And... I said, well, you know, Greg, you're trying to go to Rio Olympics. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, mom, you know, my mom knows how to do all this sort of stuff. You know, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, she taught me business and then introduced me to some other business people. And one thing leads to another, to another. And all of a sudden, we're traveling now. And we're doing jumps off of cranes, which then gets me onto America's Got Talent. And, right. and we're doing a new stunt with uh, Devin Supertramp in, uh, in Italy. And we're getting, you know, like, I think it's at like 12 million views now. That was a couple of years back. And one thing always leads to another. And you kind of either ride the wave or you run back home and then your career's done automatically. So I rode the wave and left home. I haven't seen my family for literally eight years. I just literally hit the road full on go, go, go with my business partners. And it's, I haven't looked back since. And since then it's just been a winding road trying to figure it all out. So, so say I was a 22 year old gymnast right now, exiting the scene, completely done with college, just got done and decided that I wanted to continue to utilize my talents and say, I was a great, uh, you know, trampolines tra or trampoline artist. How, how would I go about getting, myself that that social media base and like you said kind of you know finding one of these online leagues like like you said youtube leagues to to participate with how how would i make that transition it's, it's a big question um i would say that you need to figure out what your skill set is so i could do for example um i could do my routines for the olympics point your toes kick outs all that traditional stuff but everyone knows that that doesn't work in the social world of you know everything else people don't it's want it's not as aesthetically pleasing yeah exactly it's not like it, it's good and people in the community understand it and we mathematically look at it we have time of flight measurements and deductions for every little thing but it's, a normal person is going to say well i don't i don't really get it that guy looks exactly like that guy looks like that guy so my skill set really when you break down at first you'll say oh it's doing olympic trampoline 
But no, it wasn't. What it was, was not doing Olympic trampoline. It was finding something completely different that other people hadn't done yet. So what we did is looked at, literally searched around the world saying, who wants to do this new version of this sport with us? And what we ended up finding was that there was already a small little community, wasn't uh, nurtured at all, but it basically started back in 2007 with these uh, snowboarders. And they would basically take videos and post them on Instagram, uh, right when Instagram first started out, and they would share it out and it became like a chat room through Instagram, kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, the old MSN chat rooms and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that, right? And that's literally how these guys treat it. And when we started realizing that, I did a little research and you realize, oh, these are kids that are looking for an opportunity. They have the outside of the box mentality. They are not under a political system that's just going to automatically shut you down just because that's the way it is. Um, and we realized, okay, all we need to do is now create a structure for these guys. So basically we went all in and just said, okay, we're going to do this thing called the GT games, garden trampoline games. And that was our first competition, but it was more like, you know, more like, like a showcase kind of more like everyone come out with your skills and like, let's go, let's go make some bread. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it like performance. It's like performance. It's almost like, uh, it reminds me of like, like right in between like Olympics and like Cirque du Soleil and like the artistic quality of it. Do, do, how long does it take to like, do you guys like do like sanctioned like routines? Like, Hey, you have a minute or you have two minutes or is it, how do you guys score and like, like rate people trophies? How does all that work? Um, it works just like any other sport. We devised our own structure. They have a, a feeder system. We run about 40 events a year, uh, and about uh, 30 of them are qualifiers. So the kid, we basically put a thing out online. The kids go to their website. They know when the events are. They're all listed there, and they'll go to one of our qualifiers. And one of the qualifiers is Game of Tramp. So that's what they call T-R-A-M-P. So it's like a game of horse with basketball or skate, okay. skateboarders. So one guy throws down a trick and there's a group of like four or five of them. The next one goes and then tries to copy it. And then the next one, next one. And you collect letters every time you basically mess up and then you eliminate people. And the last one standing goes to the next round and then you have a final round. And the winner gets to then go to what you, I guess you consider nationals, which is the GT games for the US. We have mm -hmm. one for the Europe uh, side of the world and we have one in New Zealand so we've covered the entire map with about uh, yeah like seven or eight qualifiers in each continent and wow. then the GT Games which is the uh, the nationals um, and we don't call it that we just call it right. the GT Games but then we also have another system that is Freestyle Frenzy which is basically more of a commercial version so anyone that's ever going to if you're ever <laughs> if any of your audience is ever going to invest in a whole new community of like half a million people then what you're going to want to do is make sure you separate them into motivations half the kids are there because they just want to play they just want to be part of the crowd and have fun that's called your recreational and anyone who's ever done high level sports knows that the recreational crew pays for the elite that's how it works, right? Yeah. But then we have the elite, which is freestyle frenzy, which is presented different, smaller group, only about 10 kids. And they battle out like UFC on trampolines, not actual fighting, but combo. Oh my so, God. Yeah. That just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we are actually working on that as well. The cool thing no about this, <laughs> I can invent whatever the heck I want to invent. And yeah. as long as it's safe and it works and the kids like it and the parents are okay with it and all that, then uh, it's a go. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the cool part. But so we have made this structure and the kids funnel through it and they've done it now for four years. And, um, it's, it's, it works just like any other sport. It's just, 
more virtual online with online submissions, online voting, stuff like that as well. But we have judges that actually judge and you get a judge on execution for the combos, you get judge on difficulty and then creativity as well, which is a freestyle element. So we have a whole judging system. We have a funneling system up to the higher levels. We have a professional stream, a recreational stream, and it works like any other sport that you'd see anywhere. What's the what's the impossible trick right now? Because I remember back in the day, Tony Hawk hit the 900 and everyone just absolutely lost their mind. What what on the trampoline? What's the trick that just just is is currently untouchable? I'm sure one day someone will crack it. Well, it depends on which trampoline you're on now. See, this is the interesting part. You have Olympic trampolines, which are what you'll see, and they have like big holes and stuff like that. But they uh, mm -hmm. they're they're really bouncy. You'll jump about 30 feet in the air on those. But then you have black trampolines, a poly bed, as they call them, polypropylene. And those are what you would consider a backyard trampoline. But now, because of the way we've invested in this market, there are now companies that are revamping their entire trampolines to now invent new trampolines for the backyard that are high performance. So now you're getting somewhere in the middle and a Walmart trampoline might cost you a thousand bucks. These high performance ones will cost you twenty five hundred bucks but they are heavy duty. Like you can do the most insane stuff, but you right. won't be able to jump as high as the Olympic. So you'd be get 20 feet, 15 to 20 feet on these high performance garden trampolines. You'll only get maybe 10 feet on a crappy Walmart one. Right. But then the Olympic one, you'll get 30 feet. So depending on which kind of one you're on, but then they also have a fourth one now called the super tramp. So now there's videos of me called super tramp. This is even bigger. It's like four times the size of an Olympic trampoline. And we can go up to 40 feet on that thing. If you get bounced. Right. And Oh yeah, there's this one kid. And so to answer your question um, on the super, at least on this side, right, the 40 he did seven flips now. So he jumps, he lands on his back. He kicks his legs onto the trampoline in this way we call it a kaboom because it's go boom, boom. And because of the way the mechanics work, it flips him backwards and he does seven flips. Do, 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 do. And there's videos of it. I'll send it to you. But, and what? he just seems like a crazy man and almost lands on his head. But he's, he's fine, you know, and big mat and everything. So right now, seven flips is the thing. I still have the record for eight twists on a single flip. Um, and a bunch of other records, but I'm not gonna get into all that. Um, but then on the garden trampolines, you can do double backs with like a 900 degrees twist, stuff like that. Right. You know, I'm trying to use lingo that maybe other people would know. Yeah, that, yeah. Everyone knows the Tony Hawk skate culture. That was like as deep as everyone got with like the, the tricks and the, the different orientations and stuff like that. With, with your background, I read that you had done a little bit of college work in kinesiology, am I right? Yeah, I went to university for all that because that's when I was doing all my coaching levels and stuff. So I figured might as well learn how the body really works. How how does that play into to what you do? I know a lot of it is like levers and the mechanics of the body. Is there is there a limit to what can be done on a trampoline? Or do you think people could continue to push it for years to come? Um, you will see people push it more and more, but what you're going to do, like anything, you're going to have diminishing returns because eventually the trampolines aren't just going to get more bouncy. They're not, people are going to die. You know, like you're going to eventually yeah, hundred feet. Yeah. You're dead. One wrong landing. But, th but then when you get to that level though, see, this is where, you know, you have no idea because if you <laughs> hypothetically, like we put a trampoline on a building once and jumped off of it into a big giant airbag at like 40 feet or 40 meters, which is like uh 40 meters times 3.3, whatever that is, you know, so we, we get some serious height on that stuff. And when you get that high, you can do whatever flips and twists you want and then open up and then yeah. see your landing. So you could theoretically just go higher. It actually might be safer if you go higher at that level.
right? When you think oh. of right? So it really depends how powerful they make these trampolines. And now what's happening, these kids to go higher, the kids are now double bouncing themselves. At least that's what they call it, which means that like you bounce at the same time, but you land in a way that compresses the bed when the other person's going. So it, it shoots them up even harder. Um, right. And they're getting more and more people doing that. So they are going higher and higher, but then you get more and more injuries unless you are going to go off of a building and you have tons of time, which you, you just don't. So that's a tough question. It's funny that you say that 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 specific technique is like causing more injuries in in the sport because I actually had a buddy in back in my hometown. He had the specific Walmart trampoline that you were mentioning earlier, the one where you could maybe maybe get 10 feet. And we used to call it playing popcorn and he was sitting down and tried to do a backflip and someone launched him up in the air and he like broke his leg on the side of his trampoline. So it's easy to see like. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my one trampoline experience, man. I'm a big dude. I'm like six four, man. What's like the what's the biggest person you seen on the uh on the trampoline competitively? Competitively? Uh Matt Turgeon. He's a Canadian um bronze medalist in two thousand. And um he's probably six two, six three, two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty pounds. Wow. So, so for you, what's the plan moving forward now? Like what, what do you see in the future of this thing? I know you mentioned that possible UFC on trampolines. I would love to, I don't know if I get permission, but um, you know, someone's got to sanction that Florida will do it. Florida will sanction it. <laughs> you ever see slam ball? Yes. I was going to ask you if you knew anything about that. We used to watch slam ball all the time. I was so depressed when that got canceled. Man, that was so fun. It was like football on trampolines with basketball. Dude, I wish I I, I really wish that would come back. That would be well, awesome. They um they got it so many injuries that they took it out of the US market. And apparently it's still big in Korea. Um, I'm not so sure, or Vietnam or Korea, some of those Asian countries are still doing it a little bit here and there. But the problem is right now, America and North America, Canada included. Um, they're just, they're all the Western side, Australia is included. Uh, the UK is included. It's not an American thing. It's just, they're, they're just sitting on their hands saying anything that I allow people to do, it'll come back to me. I get sued. So therefore I'm not going to allow anyone to do it. I'm not going to get involved. And that's the problem you're having. So we are having to get really creative about how we do these things. Um, but that's, that's why you're not seeing, uh, things like that, or UFC on trampolines quite yet. We have to come up with the rules. But I think that like there is a show called Gladiators back in the day that I used to watch all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With the the big uh, like the they're shooting the guns and stuff with the tennis balls in them and stuff and trying to yeah. hit each other and tag each other. Yeah. All that stuff. And I'm thinking, like, why can't you do that with trampoline a little bit? Yeah. Put them big sock and boppers, you know, those big gloves and have a boxing match. But you can only hit the guy if you're in the air, you know, <laughs> but then. You know, but the problem is then again, you have this issue of, well, you don't really know when you're going to land. So all of a sudden you land when they're going up, your, your ankle will snap. Yeah. yeah. Or you get KO'd midair and end up landing like 20 feet on your head or something. That would be, that would not be cool, but. Well, it'd be fun <laughs> to watch, but yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you would ever be able You'd to get do a lot of people paying to see that, but as one as, time, <laughs> yeah, one time, it's just like that bare knuckle FC stuff, man. Oh so, man, that's crazy. So do you still compete yourself? Uh, I know that you were on America's Got Talent and, and you were doing stunts. Are you still doing anything like that? Or are you, all, are you just into the, to the business aspect now? 
I'm mostly retired. I'm like half in, half out. I'm 30 years old now. So, um, you know, my body's breaking down. Anyone that does these sports for that long, you're going to, you're eventually going to, you know, um, but I'm, I'm leaving on a good note. So what I'm doing is I'm just now passing off onto the new generation of all these freestyle kids and basically just passing along my wisdom to them saying, all right, well, here's what I learned at least, you know, and here's what you can and can't do or should and should not do to be more precise and uh, just helping guide them more. So yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm more of a business mentor now to basically all these kids around the world. What you mentioned injuries into your thirties and with my sport football, I mean, thirties is like, like 70 in like dog years, essentially, like your body's already shot. I know I got some issues, but what, what's some, some typical injuries that you see in, in your game? Um, well, in just acrobatics in general, cause they're all kind of the same gymnastics does trampoline, trampoline does gymnastics, parkour, all that stuff. Um, so, uh, you'll see a lot of basically just busted arms, busted legs, rolled ankles, uh, busted wrists. I've broken my wrists and stuff like that. Um, you know, not, you'll, you'll get a, occasionally a broken neck here and there. And that's where everyone gets a little, uh, skittish obviously, because that's kind of a, a no go because that's, that's, you don't, you, you can break your arm and you'll be okay. But with your head it's it's a whole nother story yeah so yeah it's 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 a wide range um but generally it's it's a lot of sprained ankles crunches on ankles like so you'll land you'll do a big tumbling pass and you'll crunch your ankles and then you'll feel them just go <laughs> compress a mm. bit so you'll see them always tape up their ankles to give a little extra support um broken arms you'll see broken arms and stuff like that when the kids fall down and bring their arms out like yeah. your natural reaction arms out well don't do that arms in and turn to the side, like tuck and roll, like uh, like a fire. Every time you're out of control, tuck and roll. Basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's some that's some everyday, every man type of knowledge that you should probably utilize more often in life. If when in doubt, man, just tuck and roll it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, what advice would you give yourself like going back and looking at your career? If you could go back, would, would you change anything or, or what's up with that? I would have not ruffled so many feathers with team Canada. I wouldn't have told them what I thought. Um, again, being a young developing mind, I was maybe 18 at the time. Your brain's not done developing until you're about 25 years old. So I'd still had a couple of years to go of figuring out what the world is really alike. And I would have easily said that I put too much pressure on them to have answers that even uh, the best philosophers, researchers, sport uh, people just don't know. And I looked at them through a very critical lens saying, you're basically not doing your job right. And um, now I have a chance to see if I can do a better version of it. So that will be interesting to see if I can really step it up a notch. And so far we've been kicking butt, but I would say that, yeah, I would have um, put myself more in their shoes and realized that they're just doing what they do. They don't have the same motivation. They're not as go, go, go as me. They're a little bit more timid and relaxed and whatever else words you want to use. Um, and I was that go, go, go guy. So I wouldn't have fought them so hard. I would just let bygones be bygones and I would have just done my own thing. So with the Canadian team, was that just, that was essentially the, the same dispute that, you know, college athletes in America are having is that they're not getting paid for, for certain activities, for putting yourself on the line with the sport. And that's, I know uh, in my state in Florida, they actually recently, I think legalized, um now athletes are allowed like college football players in the state are allowed to utilize their likeness for sponsorships and things of that sort so are is that something would you ever you know say obviously one day when 
you guys are like a really even bigger success than you guys already are because it sounds like you guys are booming already. But one day, do you ever see maybe, uh, you know, going back and, and trying if, if there was ever a shot to fix things with the Olympics or, or maybe, you know, kind of tweak like their model or, or give them any insight? Would you ever work with them again? Oh, yeah, for sure. And we have the doors open to uh, what we call the FIG, the Federation of International Gymnastics. That's the Olympic guys, basically. Um, and I've had them on my podcast, actually. And so there's still communication. I've done a lot of work to try to amend some of those, you know, rebellious sort of things when I was a kid. Not that I've actually changed in my head. I'm still, no, be better, be better, do more, do more. Absolutely. But I've learned how to kind of market myself to, uh, let's say, to a more tame group i don't even know if that's the right word but um i would yeah for sure and i'm trying to at least keep that door open but i was told from one of their presidents of one of their federations in australia that don't do it with them just do it on your own or you'll lose control instantly they'll kick you out after they steal all your ideas and basically then they'll just say they came up with it and they'll kick you to the curb that's how these things roll so if you've got something on your own do it but you better be willing to go so we've been just going full out. Um, but no, we don't, we don't burn bridges. I, I try to keep as many doors open unless it's someone that's just a complete jerk that has treated me like crap since day one, then uh, that's another story. But a lot of the traditional guys are actually really nice. And I definitely gave them a, a bad sort of uh, exit, you know, at that time. So I've been trying to my best to, you know, show them that I understand their perspective, but show them that you guys also got to see my perspective that yeah. there are problems. There are problems. I'm, I, I don't just, I don't, I'm not the only guy. I'm just the only one that was man enough, I guess, to say it out loud um, and go with it. You know, everyone else talks about these things, but no one ever does anything. You know, I don't, we're the only, like in the last uh, three years, just alone three years, we've raised roughly about half a million dollars for our community just through our hard work. No money to us, but we do get money, obviously, but raising the money for these kids and giving it to them so that they can travel and do stuff like that. And um, that, that, that that's the what I'm looking for them to basically do. You know, I mean, like guys, it shouldn't shouldn't come down to a guy like me getting kicked off Team Canada, telling you to work harder to then turn around and actually do what you should have been doing at the beginning. You know, right? Absolutely. So, what what kind of advice would you give to a young entrepreneur, a young former athlete, or or someone that's looking to kind of take the road that you took in you know the the path that's less traveled, so to speak? There's a lot of pieces of advice. I would say do some reconnaissance on yourself first. Everyone runs around the world saying, I'm going to change the world because the inequality over there and that person's stupid and there's some bad thing happening in that country and I don't really know why it's there, but I just don't like it. And they're so quick to just jump all over everyone's mistakes. Again, coming from personal experience, so I understand how it's Same. easy to do that. Same, uh, yeah. I think everyone does it a little bit. That's part of that rebellious sort of, you know, growing up phase. But then I would say, is, yeah, do that. You'll figure out what problems are, but turn it into yourself. Go read some psychology books. Go take some a psychology minor, even just a minor, even just one weekend class or something. Start getting, there's so much information out there about how to analyze yourself and getting into the psychology and the depth within your mind. Don't don't make a career of something until you know that's actually what you're looking for. Because it's very easy for people to say, oh, I want to solve whatever political issue. I'm just going to go do it. Well, you don't realize, well, that actually wasn't why you thought it was an issue. It was just because 
your mom did that or your dad did that when you were a kid or something like this and it associated it. So now all of a sudden when mom goes away and maybe rest her soul, she dies or whatever, that's what happens. Now all of a sudden you don't have that motivation. All of a sudden now you've made a bed, told everyone you're going to do this for your life while that unconscious motivation now is gone. And all of a sudden now you don't care anymore. And now the whole thing breaks apart. So you really need to look to yourself first and figure out, is this what I'm really here for? Am I actually being honest with myself? And if you're doing that, then the rest of it is just research, 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 go ask questions. Don't just look on Google, find one piece of evidence that's going to be contradicted by somebody else. Anyway, go find the people that have actually made a difference in the world. I get into so many fights with people, not all the time, but just the same people that always think that they should get a free pass because they think it, therefore it's so. And I'm like, no, it's not. Let's go, like, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, right now, everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of people are arguing, well, gymnastics is not on a decline. Gymnastics is doing fine. I'm like, no, it's not. It's doing terrible. It used to have like 215 different uh, colleges in America were doing gymnastics. And now there's literally only like 15, you know, and they've, they've plummeted even in high school. I read another article, even just today, someone sent me one where even high school programs are losing it. They're not making money on television besides the few people like Simone Biles and stuff who have a big marketing team behind them. Right. So you're working like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, okay. When I actually go to people like, you know, the guys who started Fox sports, when I go to the people that like Stuart Cox, who actually invented TV shows, you start realizing the real reality that it is on a decline. But you'll see that the people in the industry don't look that much. They just they're just looking. I don't know what they're looking for, to be honest. I they just want self-affirmation that their life isn't going down the tunnel or down the tubes, I guess. <laughs> if they keep fighting me, it's like, oh, it's not dying. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, OK, well, I don't know, man. It looks pretty dead to me. I'm, I'm out. So you can. You can waste your life doing that if you want, or if that's what you like, that's fine, but it is declining. So you really got to figure out where the right information is. It's, it's, um, it's a really long-winded way of saying it, but don't no, just no. don't believe people, man. Go and find the real experts, and you got to dig. Go on LinkedIn and dig around and say, hey, you invented this big product, and it was worth a billion dollars. Okay, you tell me the thing. You call up some CEOs and say, how did you actually do this? Don't, don't listen <clears throat> To some idiot online that just is there to you know, chat to his little buddies in his little Facebook group or whatever garbage. Go to the real people that actually know what they're talking about. You'll get a completely different story than those keyboard warriors. Yeah, absolutely. That was some great advice, man. That was like really gold. I'm going to have to probably cut that out and put that on its own podcast by itself. Speaking of podcasts, what, what what's the idea with yours? I, I took a look at the first episode and saw... Uh, a professional jet ski flipper. You guys were talking about doing backflips and stuff. And, and like, you know, that it, it just seemed like an amazing conversation. What's the, what's the vision with the podcast for you? Well, again, like I kind of mentioned before, I'm, I'm straddling two worlds here. The traditional Olympic side that's been around for like literally a hundred years since, cause they were gymnastics was actually in the very first Olympics, 1996, if I'm getting my dates correct, or uh, 1896 when they revived it and everything. So it got grandfathered in. So it's been around for a hundred years. I'm now saying, well, I want to make a new version of this. Now, I'm not the only one. There's lots of other people that are pushing this online stuff. I'm just one of them in my sector, but there's guys in parkour that do it, blah, 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 blah. And I just realized I forgot the question. Oh, let's, let's do that again. 
No, no, it's cool. Uh, I was asking. Oh, the vision of the podcast. Sorry, sorry. Right, yeah, I was like editing here. Sorry yeah. about that. I, 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 <laughs> no, I kind of no get worries, into man. it, and then I'm like, oh fuck, what? Um, I do the same thing. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So yeah. So I'm straddling both worlds here, and basically saying, okay, I want to give these real discussions to real people on the podcast. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of poo-poo being talked about in these gymnastics groups that people just they're they're not as smart as they really think they are they they might have one piece of data or they might have one experience from the 60s or something like this and they just they're not talking to the people that are actually out there backflipping the jet skis right now you know what i mean so what i want to do is say Let's bring that guy on the podcast and I'll talk to him. He'll tell us about our injuries. He'll tell us about what it's like to develop a community, you know, on a, more online with all the videos. Well, let's now bring in Hardy Fink. He is the one of the biomechanists that helped create the whole uh, uh, scoring system for trampoline in the Olympics. All right. So let's oh, talk to cool. him. What did he think? Okay. Okay. Well, now let's bring in uh, a TV producer. Well, okay. TV, what do you think actually makes sense? And so I'm grabbing all the different aspects of this entire industry as one whole and asking all the different leaders in the different aspects of it, what they would do, comparing results, all that, so that I can hear it from the right people, not just like, I'll give you an example. There's one guy He's on, he's on some group or whatever and says like, oh, well, you know, it's this, uh, the freestyle stuff is so dangerous. That's like their only argument. Uh, so dangerous. You know, I'm like, okay, well, it's not that bad. There's a lot worse in the world, but okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Football. <laughs> funny, I had a conversation with a guy earlier today about that. He wants to invest in trampoline and all that sort of stuff. And he was a big football guy. And he was saying it's so much more dangerous than trampoline. It's, it's funny because oh, in my man. industry, if everyone thinks that, everyone's just going to die if they don't follow the Olympic path. And I'm like, that's, that's just not true. Like, and it, I think it's more of a, a taxi versus Uber situation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Could be, could definitely be. Blockbuster. At least a factor for some yeah, people. Blockbuster, Netflix. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the new thing. It's easier. It's lower barriers, blah, 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 blah. There's a million reasons that it could make a lot of sense. Of course you can focus on the one bad thing that, yeah, there is injuries and there will be injuries until everyone kind of figures out what the deal is. But the reality is that that market's going to go. And this one guy, basically, blah, 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 safety says, well, you know, and he doesn't know that I did a tour with Nitro Circus. And this is, gives you a, an idea of totally just, a different world. <laughs> it's funny that it just gives you an idea of how much these guys do this without even realizing who they're even talking to. Like, they don't even talk to me. They just they talk about me because they don't get me on the phone, but they talk about me and stuff. I'm like, well, you, you're not there, you know. So yeah. it brings up Nitro Circus. Oh, well, I know that those guys are they're all trained up and blah, blah 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 and i'm like okay so you're saying that these freestyle kids are not like nitro circus well i've actually done the tour with nitro circus they're exactly the same i've, I've watched the whole thing they are exactly the same and I, I respond to the guy nicely well you know i've actually done the tour they are exactly the same and he doesn't respond you get this is the the, the kind of discussions that are going in my community through the politics so I, back to the whole start, I want to get away from that. I'm, I'm tired of politics. I just want to have the real discussions with the real leaders, not one gymnastics coach in the middle of God knows where that, right. you know, had a medal back in the 40s or whatever, and now thinks he should dictate where the universe should go. You know, so I want, I want to bring the right people to the conversation, you know, on both sides. I, I don't want to be biased. I want to, I have actually people saying, Greg, no, you're incorrect about this. And this is why and blah, blah. And they're teaching me on the podcast. So what I'm doing is basically taking my podcast and making a learning tool for A, myself, B, the kids, 
the parents, the other coaches, the critics, the, the supporters, everyone. So we can all learn together from all the different aspects and you can amalgamate it any way in your brain that you want, but at least the tools and information is there in one easy to access sort of way. That's kind of why I got into podcasting as well is because of like the, the more long form, you know, discussions like we're having right now and where people could kind of, you know, settle into a conversation and, and really get some good information off of people. And also understand that that information is valid because now it's just different when I'm hearing you talk about what you're talking about and the passion and, and, and the, the feeling that you bring and the vibe that you bring, it seems like this is all, it's just another thing in line of succession that you've been doing. It seems for your whole life where it's like very high level, very high level. It seems like your work ethic is insane, man. It's just like, you're one of those guys. It's funny. Cause as I'm, I, you know, I did the research on you and now as I'm talking to you and kind of getting to meet you for the first time, I I'm starting to see a pattern with all these different athletes that I talk to and it's where their, their sport and, and the person that they are in their sport kind of ties into the decisions that they make you know, in, in life and in business and stuff like that. And it seems like the one carryover characteristic that you really have is that absolute like fearlessness. Like where was that a natural thing for you to want to jump off of like some 50 foot support beam doing triple front backflips? Like what, how in the hell does someone like get to that mindset? Like where did that come from for you? Um, that specific stunt um actually i just saw a guy on youtube do a, a slightly smaller version of it and i said well i can beat that guy let's go you know and it was just a competition for me because that's what i've done my entire life has been a competition and you can see that in gymnastics they they live they are competitive people and they they think that when they leave the gym they somehow leave it at at the gym but no you can see they bring it everywhere they're just they're very competitive generally people and they'll get competitive about not being competitive you get what I mean? So that's that's how entrenched they are into that. So I, I was the same way. So I saw someone that did something in my head. My first thought is, I got to beat him, right? And I was like, okay, so I'm going to beat him. And I knew it was cool. I was like, oh, I can beat that guy. He's just he's just a snowboarder. Man, I got training. I can, I can whip his butt. Let's go. And it wasn't like um, animosity. It wasn't like, oh, I hate him. It was more like, oh, man, I got to see if I can beat him. It's more of a self-test. Can I beat him? Finding yourself. Yeah. It's yeah, like finding yeah. something more in yourself. It's like setting the bar way higher than you ever thought you could achieve, which is cool that you say that too, because in team sports, like I played, you find that a lot with your teammates. Like I, I'm one of, you know, five of the same position guys on the football team. All of us all play tight end. I don't know how familiar you are with American football. All of us play the same position. We all watch the same film of each other. We all see each other performing. And it's always constantly, I got out, do them. I got out, do them. And that's one of the things that I've seen carry over with, with high-level athletes like yourself is, like you said, when you're out of the gym, it doesn't end. It's just, it's a lifestyle. It's just how you live. It's how you're bred and how you think. Like, that's super cool, man. Yeah, you have you have to... You have to be honest with yourself. I see a lot of people, not even just in the gymnastic world, just in the regular world, and they just spend their entire lives lying to themselves about things. And they're not really lying to themselves. They know that they're lying to themselves. They just never admit it. But, you know, they, they just kind of go and say, well, you know, I was told by my parents to have to do this or my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the case is, or just, oh, my neighbors are out of there for I, I can't do this or I can't do that. I have to play the game, basically. Right. And once you kind of realize that life itself is just a game, then you start to actually play it. 
You know, you, it, it becomes not a, oh my God, what's moral, what's not moral. It becomes more like, what's going to get me to my goal? You're just going to become a goal-oriented type of person and it's going to be get there or die trying. And that's, that's what I live with because that's the fun part. Like I couldn't imagine ever waking up in my day and or at, like tomorrow, I could never imagine waking up tomorrow and saying, oh, I'm going to go do a nine to five job. Every single day I wake up and say, hey, what do I want to do today? How do I want to make money today? How do I want to promote this? How do I want to do that? Hey, maybe I don't want to make money today. Maybe I just want to hang out and have some beers and turn my phone off. It's just because I've, I'm tired or this or that or whatever. I literally get to make up my day every single day whenever I want. And when you get to do that for eight years, um, and first of all, you have to bust your butt. Like it's, it's not like do whatever you want. I mean, do whatever you want for 15 hours a day, uh, you know, biting your nails, hoping it works. So there's that stress. You know, yeah. it is always go, go, go. But some people feed off that. And uh, me being an athlete, I feed off that. Like when I have nothing to do, I've, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I might as well kill myself. I, I need I need a project. I need I need something. And a nine to five job, even even a fulfilling one just wouldn't do it. I, I need to invent my job. I need to reinvent it all the time. Like I reinvent myself. That's amazing, man. That sounds really cool. That's very inspiring. As one of the people that does have a nine to five, man, I can tell you, you're not missing anything, bro. <laughs> no, I used to have a nine to five. I was a, I was a pizza delivery guy before this. I used to work Who'd at you deliver pizzas for. Oh yeah. It was a uh, pizza Ville. It was like a small pizza chain. Um, in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I delivered pizzas and stuff like that when I was trying to figure out what I was doing and and I was just like, and I, M&M's meat shop. I did all those little ones. I know exactly. I used to work at a factory. I got fired because I just really didn't give a crap. <laughs> and, you know, and once you kind of start getting fired from all these places every month, <laughs> you're like, you know what, man, it's just not going to work. I, I'm going to have to invent my, my own life. And uh, that's what I did. Very cool, man. So as we kind of wrap this thing up, is there any other, any other shout outs you want to throw out there? Any kind of like call to actions you want? Yeah, no, just uh, check out our podcast if you're interested in these kind of discussions um, and this kind of flow and this kind of fun bantering. We do that with our guests all the time on uh, the Row Show, we call it, ROE and show, my name, obviously. So it's kind of fun, kind of worked out nicely. But um, or, or just freestyle sports podcast, it'll pop right up uh, with a funny little cartoon of me. So check that out um, if you're looking for stuff like that. But uh, anyone else who's looking for a good discussion like this, I'm also open to going on other people's podcasts and having them come on mine. Even if you're not a high level athlete, just having good conversations like this actually is really nice. I don't normally get to talk to someone outside of the industry, which yeah, I, it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> refreshing because i'm i because yeah. when i come home in my industry i know the 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 dogma that's coming with them it's almost like yeah. i have to wait and i have to say it a certain way i have to be politically correct i can't just be who i am you yeah. know so i actually enjoy not talking my industry i like to put them away once in a while even though i live there you know yeah it's cool to educate people on like what you're passionate about as well so i'm sure all the people that listen to my podcast will really dig learning more about your sport and really just just the perspective man from someone that's really you know found found success in life and what that looks like and what you know your image of yourself and and how you came about all this man is really powerful stuff um also you have an instagram too that people can check out as well and you put I, that was one of the things that i checked out with you man and some of the videos you put on your instagram of the people hitting flips and stuff is just absolutely insane I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> that, yeah, I was telling my wife earlier, I was like, man, I get like a feeling in the pit of my stomach when I see some of those videos. <laughs> it's so intense. 
take. Oh, back. Hey, can you hear me? Cool. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can okay, hear you. We're back. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that was me or you. I'm sorry. I think it, I think it was me. I think it was me. But no worries. Though. I'll just edit it out. Yeah. But anyway, man, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing some of your time. Uh, I wish you the most of luck with your future endeavors. I know you're going to go after it like a wild man. Uh, enjoy everything, man. And I, I look forward to big things from the podcast as well, bro. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on and kind of tell my story a little bit to your audience. And uh, yeah, man, if you uh, ever want to chit chat, think about different experiences, I can uh, just help out in any way I can for what you guys are doing and uh, do it there. Definitely, man. I appreciate it, Greg. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you all again for tuning in this episode of the podcast. Thank you to my guest, Greg, for giving us all some great insight into his journey. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. That's it for this one. And until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.